And uh, again, a big welcome to those that are in the room here today, those watching online. I want to invite you out. You should have there on your table. There's a couple of different things. Brittany will be announcing uh, there's a event this Friday night for our kids. They're going to be doing a performance for families and where some grandparents can be invited out. You know, the challenge becomes being able to fit everybody because of the, the some of the restrictions, if you will. Uh, but the other one is this green one that's on your, your table. This flyer is our candlelight service. We have two of them, one at 4 o'clock and the other at 5.30 on the 24th. Uh, we've kind of bumped it back. We used to do it at like 6.30, and then we bumped it back to 6, and, and we know there's a lot of family traditions. People like to gather together with their family in the evenings. And so we do it at 4 and 5.30, and uh, that allows you to come and be a part of our candlelight service and then also get to enjoy time with your family on Christmas Eve. Can I get an amen? Uh, today, uh, Advent Joy, as we've reflected on, uh, I want to talk to you about Advent Joy uh, being the divine. When we think about the, the fact of Advent, the anticipation, waiting on the coming of Jesus, the Son of God, uh, He is the divine. He, he is the anointed one. And so when He came to the earth, what happened was is you had God in flesh. You had the divine in human form manifesting among us. And so uh, we don't just celebrate any kind of joy when we reflect on Advent. Uh, we celebrate uh, the divine order of joy. That's what I want to talk to you about today, the divine order of joy. Philippians 4.4 says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Say always. So one of the first principles of the divine order of joy is that uh, you're to always be filled with God's joy. You're, you're to always be in joy. But that joy isn't something that the world gives. It's something that Christ gives you as the result of his sacrifice for you. Amen. And so uh, one of the things that I'm going to do this morning is probably preach one of the fastest messages you've ever heard me preach. I want us to enjoy some time of fellowship and some pie. The first service was really fast because we don't have the the luxury of going a little bit further, you know, uh, you know, into the afternoon. Uh, but our kids are going to bless us today here in a little bit. We have the year-end video. Normally we do a dinner this time of year in, on a Sunday evening, but there's no way for us to do the dinner and, and be, be able to have a serving line where we go through and everybody's touching everything. So you have fresh pies on your table. Um, and, and some of you, if you get really hungry while I'm preaching, like I said, it'll, it'll be shorter version today. If you get really hungry, go ahead. There's, there's no condemnation in this house. Um, but we have the individual pies, you know, they're fresh pies on your table. As you can see, they're boxed up. Uh, and when you're done with them, just take them home with you because nobody's going to, you know, be able to eat, you know, the pie after, after you've cut into it. So just take them home and enjoy it with your family at the end of the day. So divine joy, when you think about the divine order of joy, God wants to bring joy in our life, but there's a specific way that it comes, and Christ is the first one to follow that order. In Isaiah 9, 2 through 3, it says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Remember that light, the, the, the wise men saw the star, right? Right? 
they see the star and they, they go to the star, right? They're following the star because they know the star represents. It's, so the light of the star is not the light that they're seeking. It's not the light this is speaking of. It's not the star. It's the light that the star represents. The light that the star represents is the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. That's what they're going to find, this king that's been born, the light of the world. So that light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. The result of the light coming into the world was not just that it came into a world that was dark to redeem it, but to redeem it for the purpose that it could have even greater joy. That God doesn't just redeem us so that we're redeemed and have eternal life, and that one day we get to go to heaven, but God redeems us so that we can walk in the fullness of joy here and now in our life. Amen? Forget the circumstance we might be surrounded with, difficulties, challenges, right? Hey, how many of you know COVID hasn't discriminated uh, between Christian and non-Christian? Anybody know that? I saw a friend that posted that they had a family member that passed away. Christian, and they're Christian. And they, they posted that, you know, it, it has no discrimination. You know, it has an impact on everybody's life. Has it had an impact on your life? And I know this. I've never experienced anything like this. But, but, but through all of it, I, want, I, don't, I don't want to say that I haven't had moments where my joy has been challenged. Because it has. Anybody else? Anybody else had some mornings you woke up like, this stupid COVID thing, man, I wish it was over. Come on. Right? But in the midst of that, I know this, that God is bigger than any situation. And I got to allow joy, the joy of the Lord to rise up within me and display itself in every area of my life. Amen. I can't let the outward things overtake the joy of the Lord in my life. Why? Because it is divine and these things are natural. I, 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 man, I, I even think about you know, uh, what do we have to fear? I mean, if we fear those who have power over this physical body. Do we need to fear that when we know the one that we serve has power over your eternal being? So whatever happens in this life, if you have a relationship with Jesus, just know this, that, that yeah, I want to be around and I want to enjoy my grandchildren. And I want all those things that I can enjoy in this life. But even if it ended, I know where I'll go. I know who I belong to and I know what I inherit is in its eternal life. And how can I have anything but joy no matter what I face in this life? Can you say amen? Let me give you three ingredients of the divine order of joy. Three ingredients. The first ingredient, J in joy is Jesus. Jesus is the first ingredient. Matthew 6, 33 in the Amplified Version says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. Think about it this way, is that we can get so caught up in this world that what happens is, is we miss Everything that Jesus came to die on that cross and provide for us is that we put those things ahead of him. And what ends up happening is we've got it out, out of order, the divine order. And, and I, I can't tell you how much time I spend 
counseling with people, having conversations with people who have that in reverse, that they've got, they've got their concerns ahead of Jesus and they have no joy. And I want to tell you that, that, that those concerns, joy is not spelled C-O-Y. Come on. It's spelled J-O-Y. And if you put Jesus first, what happens is, is those things really do pale, right? Next to all that God is. And you can maintain joy if you just keep your heart close to Jesus. You know, uh, I had said last week, and we uh, referred to this uh, phrase, find your 15. Five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer, right? Just five. How many, how many found yourself doing that a little bit? Give me an amen. Five minutes. How many found that you just can't spend just five, you, you can't spend just five minutes in the word? How many find you can't spend just five minutes worshiping God? How many find you can't spend just five minutes praying? You can't even get through the list of things you want from God in five minutes and you know it. <laughs> But all too often our approach to God is I'll spend 15 minutes just asking him for everything I need without honoring him by reflecting on his words so that we think like him. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? You need the washing of the water of God's word to cleanse your mind, to cleanse your thoughts, to, to cause you to think the way the Lord thinks. Amen? So start with Jesus. Second ingredient. Oh, others. The second ingredient is others. Acts 20 and 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Come on. Come on. How many of you get to Christmas? I just can't wait to give somebody something. Most of us enter Christmas with, with the thought of what? I can't wait to see what I get. Come on, isn't that true? I can't wait to give gifts. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now I want you to think about it this way. Is that, that Jesus first, others second. Jesus first in our life, others second. And then it's yourself. Watch this now. With, with this passage again out of, out of Acts 20 and 35 where he says it's more blessed to give than to receive. But watch, it's not that you're not involved in it because you got to throw in there the why and joy is yourself. God cares about you. It's, it's okay for you to think about yourself. But not just yourself, can you say amen? 1 Peter 5, 7 in the NLT says this, Give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. God cares about you. It's, it's okay for you to care about yourself. To care about the, the needs that you have. And to bring those to the Lord. It's, don't think about yourself first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all his righteousness. And the rest of this is going to be yourself. All the needs for yourself will be added. If you put God's kingdom first. And how does God's kingdom operate? Worship God. Make him first. And serve others. And watch the kingdom begin to bless you. And you won't have to take thought. And this is what Jesus said. Don't take thought for yourself. 
Now, in that, he didn't, he didn't mean that you don't think about yourself because he wouldn't tell you that you could, you, you could ask him anything, right? Ask anything in his name, and it shall be done for you, right? Isn't that what the word says? Give me an amen if that's true. So, so if, he, if he was saying that you don't think about yourself at all, then he would never have told you that. What he's saying is he's saying don't be selfish. It's okay to think about yourself, but not in a selfish way. Put God first, others second, and then all these things are going to be added to you. The divine order of joy is the order that Jesus himself walked out here in the earth. What was that? The Bible says that he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to do the Father's will. It says this, he says, I do nothing. Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see the Father do it first. He had to see God do something. He was, he was focused on God. For him, joy was spelled, you know, if you will, G-O-Y. <laughs> it kind of works, doesn't it? Joy. Goy. Now, what I'm saying is, is that he put God first. Now, we know that he is God, right, in human form. But he came and he honored the Father. He honored the Father and served mankind with his very life. Now watch, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 11, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, right? And it reflects on this, that Christ, he suffered the cross. And it says that Christ suffered the cross for the joy that was set before him. The everything he endured on the cross, right? He was doing the Father's will, God first. He was doing the Father's will. It was for others. But it was for the joy set before him. There was something for himself, right? And make no mistake about it. You think Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was thinking about himself. You know, it's okay to think about yourself. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Hmm. But he endured the cross. He suffered that cross because there was a greater joy that was set before him. And that joy was you and I. The joy that was set before him was not just the resurrection that he would live again. It was the fact in his resurrection that he would be the firstborn among many. That you and I would inherit eternal life. That was the greater joy. Everybody in this room today, everybody watching online, Churches, people meeting throughout this city, celebrating our Savior through Christmas. Through this nation, around the world, magnifying the Lord because of the work of Jesus Christ. That was the joy that was set before him. Amen. So I want to give you, uh, concerning uh, the divine joy, if you will, that order, uh, we have to make a life-changing choice then. We've got to make a life-changing choice. If we want to see the divine, life-changing joy, we've got to recognize that it is uh, the inside out. It's from the inside out. Life-changing joy is inside out. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, the fruit of the Spirit. 
but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's no law against those things. It's not a list of rules you've got to live by. It's a relationship that you're in. Find my 15, let me check mark my rules. No, find my 15, let me, med- let me spend time with the one I love. Let me spend, better yet, let me spend time with the one who loves me and whom I love because he first loved me. Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord? I love him because he first loved me in so much that he laid down his life for me. That's why I love him. I would not have the capacity to love Christ without Christ's love manifesting in my life. I wouldn't have the capacity to love others without Christ's love manifesting in my life. You ready? I wouldn't have the capacity to love myself without Christ's love. I could be selfish, but it doesn't mean I truly love myself. Here's the thing, right? You ready for it? There are a whole lot of people that are selfish and want their way, but are not on the way to eternal life because they haven't acknowledged Jesus. They don't care about others, right? They're all about themselves, but not really because their life will come to an end without Jesus. You see where I'm coming from. And that does not bring true joy. A life-changing joy is that inside-out joy that's being worked by the Spirit of God. The second change uh, we have to make, the life-changing choice that we have to make, is that the life-changing joy is beyond circumstances. Life-changing joy is beyond circumstances. you got to choose joy beyond your circumstance. Psalm 19.8, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The precepts, the word of God that you meditate on, it's right, and it will give joy to your heart as you meditate on it. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. There's that word light again. Say glory. See, glory is light. God's glory shining on you through his word, through his son, by his Holy Spirit. What happens is it starts to bring joy as a result of transforming and changing you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. By his power, you can't do it for yourself. God and God alone is the one that's capable of doing it. Life-changing joy is with others. Life-changing joy is with others. Psalm 16, 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, this is what's interesting here. Think about your life. Is anybody completely alone? Do you work with people? Do you have family? You know, your life and relationship with God involves everybody else that you're in contact with. And think about your interaction with, with God and what happens is, is in his presence, his joy is there, his light is there, his presence, all of that taking place in your life, it has an impact on everybody else that's, that's around you. And that's God's intent. Think about it, there wasn't anywhere that Jesus went that the power of God didn't work that the words of God wasn't spoken. Everywhere he went, the kingdom of God was being proclaimed. Isn't that what he declared? Remember John the Baptist, right? Uh, Zach spoke about the fact that uh, John the Baptist being a baby in his mom's womb 
recognize the baby in Mary's womb, right? He leaps in his mom's womb the moment the Messiah entered the room. Come on, somebody. You all do know what John the Baptist's job was, right? Right? He was the forerunner, right? He was the one that would, right, speak of the way. He, he would prepare the way is a better way to say. He would prepare the way for the Messiah. And they're both in the womb, and it's like he's preparing the way. You get what I'm saying? I mean, why is that penned in Scripture? Why is that so important to pen that John the Baptist leaped in the womb? Because the forerunner, the one who would prepare the way, recognized the Messiah in his mother's womb. You, you want to talk about when a child is alive? Let me tell you right there is a Scripture that speaks to when a child's alive. Jeremiah 29, or Jeremiah 1. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you. Isn't that right? John the Baptist was ordained before he was ever formed in the mother's womb. Why? There was a prophecy about John the Baptist before he was ever conceived. The Messiah, before he was formed in Mary's womb, conceived of the Holy Spirit, right? All the way back. Prophecy said that this is exactly how that would happen. God foreknew, amen? He definitely foreknew Jesus. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. And life-changing joy with others is best when you recognize the divine order. Have Jesus first in your thoughts, in your conversation. I'm not saying you got to be a Bible thumper. Do you know what a Bible thumper is? Anybody know what a Bible thumper is? Right? We'll call you an iPhone thumper. You don't have to slap people around with the Word of God. If you've got a relationship with Jesus, they're going to give you an opportunity to have a conversation where you can introduce Him to them. I had a guy one time, kind of, I guess the stance was, is, is uh, yeah, hey, I want you to meet my friend, but I want you to talk about anything about Jesus. And I was like, well, what? And he goes, well, you know, he kind of, he's an atheist and he doesn't believe that way. So just don't talk about the Jesus thing, man. The Jesus thing. Here's the challenge with that. I'm like, well, look, you're my neighbor. We've kind of become friends, right? And we've had conversations and I talk about the Lord, but do I ever like push it? He goes, no, I've never felt like you're pushy about it. It's just you talk about that a lot. And I said, well, you're telling me about your friend right now. And he's, well, yeah, you know, but, but if you can leave the Jesus thing out, I said, but you need to understand, it's not a Jesus thing to me. It's a Jesus person to me. He's a person to me. And so it'd be like me saying, hey, uh, leave your friend thing out of it. You don't want to, you bring your friend, it's like, hey, tell your friend not to come. <laughs> and you're telling me to tell my friend... Jesus is the closest friend I have. There's nobody more important in my life. I love you all. I, I said this in the early service, that Angie and I, are the, you're the closest friend I have. Would you agree? Am I the closest friend you have? Say yes. <laughs> She's the closest friend I have here on earth. But Angie's not closer than Jesus. Why is that? Jesus told his disciples when they were sorrowful about Jesus saying that he was going to go, he said, it's better if I go. Because if I don't go, right, 
the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go, I'll pray the Father and he'll send the promised Holy Spirit. And then watch, he shifts. I will pray. So I will pray. Say I. I. Jesus says, I will pray. Say Father. So Jesus goes, I will pray to the Father. Say Holy Spirit. Then he'll send the Holy Spirit. Now watch, he shifts. And then we, say we, then we will come and make our abode in you. That you, when you invite the Lord into your life, the Holy Spirit, God comes and makes his dwelling place. You become his home. Not this building. We get to gather here and eat some pie. Enjoy one another's fellowship. In a few moments, we're going to enjoy uh, a video and the kids are going to read the Christmas story and sing to us. But I want you to know this, the most beautiful relationship, friendship you'll ever have is the fact that God sends his spirit and he makes his dwelling place. He wants to be your friend. He means for you to have joy, unspeakable and full of glory, but it comes from his spirit. Amen. And he needs to dwell in you to experience that life changing joy is with others. And then finally, life-changing joy is going to win. Say win. I don't mean W-H-E-N. I mean W-I-N. Life-changing joy is going to win. Nehemiah 8.10 Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not grieve. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter how difficult, no matter how difficult and we see everything going on, Around us, it is challenging right now for people. But even in the midst of that, when we understand that we can go to the Lord and He, right, the joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not, not joy as the world gives, and that's what Jesus says. I don't give you joy or I don't give you peace as the world gives it, right? Why? Because He gives you a peace. He gives you a joy that surpasses understanding, meaning that but naturally, I look at this, and this is the situation. doesn't matter, because Jesus is bigger. Now, divine joy, the order of divine joy is always. That's the scripture we begin with, right? Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always rejoice, no matter what your circumstance, because that's the divine order of joy. And if you can find yourself giving yourself over to the Lord and saying, God, doesn't matter what this, is what this situation is or what that situation is. I know that your divine order of joy is to allow you to come into my situation. Your joy is my strength and allows me to rise above it. Amen. Hey, I want to pray for you this morning. And then we're going to watch this video. And then our kids are going to come and read the Christmas story and sing a couple little choruses for us. Does that sound good? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room today. And Lord, I pray that your joy, your divine joy, Father, not, not just, Lord, joy as we might think it is, but joy the way you think it is, the way you see it, Father, in our life. And God, I pray that we experience that through this Christmas season even greater because we set ourselves apart to you. We call on you, and God, we invite you to come come in that way, Lord God, that is special by your Holy Spirit. Fill every person. Father, fill every family. Fill every home. 
And Lord, don't let it stay there. Don't let us keep it for ourselves. But Father, I pray that we would give it away. We would take and share the joy of Christ this Christmas season with others that we know or others that, Father, we just come into contact with. Uh, Father, in our workplace, God, at school, Father God, wherever we may be, that the joy of Christ would spill out of us. I like how the psalmist said, my cup runneth over. God, let every one of our cups run over with joy this Christmas season so that others, Father, can be blessed by who you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.